Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Comdex Weekly Spaces. Today, featuring Y Foundry DAO. Let's take a listen. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to another Thursday Twitter Space with the Comdex team. Um, today, we'll be joined by the folks at Y Foundry DAO. Um, I think it's uh, you know another exciting space because uh, there's a lot to learn from what they're building and, and there's surely a lot of exciting things that we'll be talking about as we proceed today. Um, from the dev team, we have Rohit who has joined, but uh, before we jump into the updates, I think we'll just wait another couple of minutes, um, allow some more guys to join in and then start the spaces off. It's just Twitter spaces has been a bit glitchy the past few days, but glad to have it working again. Nice to meet you guys. Great to see everyone here. Likewise, likewise. Uh, super excited for the space today. I think we can now um, get started. Uh, of course, more folks will join as we go along. And since the space is recorded, anyone who's missed anything can can catch the recording uh, at any time. Um, so yeah, the way we usually do these spaces, you know, we start off with a quick round of updates from from the Comdex Dev team, which will be shared today by Rohit, and then we'll jump straight into the conversation with you guys. Learn a bit more about the work you guys are doing. Um, and in the end, you know, leave a few minutes, maybe five or six minutes, and let uh, let some folks from the audience uh, have an opportunity to ask any questions that they might have. So, uh, Rohit, I think the floor is yours. You can start off by sharing some updates, and then we'll jump into the conversation with the team. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Hey, everyone. Nice to be here. So, about the updates that we are doing right now at Condex. So, we have a testnet upgrade next week. Uh, we'll be adding and upgrading the modules. Uh, I'm preparing for the mainnet upgrade that we'll be having sometime in next week. And in that, mostly we'll be working on Komodo and uh, CSWAP. We have done some changes in the backend of Komodo, mostly refactoring and stuff and addition of new stuff. And uh, for CSWAP, there was a small bug in the reward distribution system. So we have uh, corrected that. And the people who did not get the rewards, they'll be getting in the next mainnet V10 upgrade. And apart from this, stable pool has been created through backend and and in for komodo we have mostly changed the backend a bit we have refactored it and we have worked on the new ui so this is all due sometime in the next week or maybe the week after that and in harbor we have refactored the front end code by a bit and tried to make it more more uh, mobile responsive so this is mostly what we have been working uh, for the last some of the days uh, at comics that's also done Thanks, Rohit. Uh, yeah, I think a big part of our focus for the past few weeks uh, has been to kind of optimize the overall user experience of all the applications we have. Uh, of course, we've had a new stable pool, uh, range pool go live on CSwap as well. And, and there's always new pools listing on CSwap every week. So do keep your eyes open on that. 
And um, besides that, you know, we're always looking out to uh, integrate uh, across the various teams that are building inside of Cosmos, building products that can have complementary impact on the products that we have. And uh, one such team is actually, uh, you know, the Foundry team who we have joining us today. So, you know, welcome, guys. Um, glad to have you all here. Uh, maybe we can start off by having a quick round of introduction in the, in, for the folks who are listening to just know about yourselves. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, Ray, you could go first or, or uh, Dr. Clean Cuts, you could go first. Sure. Uh, I'd be happy to take points uh, clean here. So first founding contributor of Y Foundry. Uh, love to build, love to use DeFi. Been in the Web3 space since uh, I would, I guess you would say Gen 2021. Uh, worked with different DAOs, different blockchain companies, and eventually found myself uh, at the head of this project, basically. And you know, been building with Ray and Crash, and you know, a few other contributors who are not here at the moment. But you know, it's a big dream, and we hope that this dream can bring automated vaults and strategies to the cosmos. Yeah, so I'm Ray. I've been in tech uh, developing for 30 years now and um, been working with Clean and Crash and a few others on pretty much like the title says, democratizing or I guess the title doesn't say, but democratizing uh, finance into DeFi and in the cosmos. So we're really excited to bring more options and, and more community input into tools and utility in, in at Comdex. Hello, this is Crash. I'm relatively new to crypto, but been building with uh, Ray Clean and the Y Foundry crew for over a year now. I um, come from a tech education background and just super excited about not only the potential for democratizing finance, but also some of the additional like reputation and governance sort of options that um, not only Y Foundry, but also other projects are helping to bring to life. Awesome. Thank, thanks a lot for the intros, guys. I think uh, great for, for us to get to know you guys a bit more. Uh, maybe we can start off by uh, you know, telling everyone who's listening about Y Foundry DAO, you know, what it is and what you guys are building essentially. Absolutely. I think I'll start with a bit of history and then you know, Ray or Crash can feel free to jump in anytime. Uh, first, I think Y Foundry really started as a vault strategy called Hedge Plus back in September of 21. And basically it was a strategy supposed to be deployed with Mirror Protocol, Anchor Protocol on Terra One. Uh, well, obviously following the crash, it was impossible to do, but we continued building the idea of a decentralized autonomous vault foundry, basically a place where any user can launch and fund strategies uh, and you know release that to the community without having to create their own token, without having to raise funds by themselves or create a new project entirely. And uh, this was the kind of thing that we wanted to build. And we've been doing it for the entire year of 2022. And we're now in 2023. And we are close to ready. And it's basically the idea of why Foundry is to allow community members to put up proposals for which they can have strategies or different sort of like projects and plans, maybe even an NFT project. Uh, and you need funding for it. And then you get funded by the community. It becomes a partnership with the community. And it's something that can be launched. And once it's launched, it's owned by the community. And basically, that's the idea. Uh, Ray or Crash, feel free to jump in. I think you summed it up pretty well. Basically, anyone can come in to Y Foundry, propose uh, strategies or funding proposals, and then the community votes on that, vets it, funds it themselves. 
And it's not funded through a centralized treasury. It's actually funded by the community members themselves. And then the proceeds of the project go back to the community itself. Awesome. Awesome. Um, can we talk a bit about the, the governance model of the Y Foundry DAO, how it works and you know how the how you guys ensure essentially that decisions are made uh, in a kind of decentralized manner? Yeah, uh, I'd love to have Crash and Ray sort of just open up your mic and jump in any time we sort of have uh, this, this kind of discussion <laughs> ourselves all the time, uh, which is what is the best model of governance, right? And no one can really tell that, especially with Web3 being in its early stages. I think a lot of this stuff is experimental, but uh, each time we find a better and better inter- iteration of it. And what we've done basically with Y Foundry is to build a completely 100% on-chain governance model. So there's no snapshot, there's no off-chain, uh, off-chain indexer use. It's just purely on-chain voting. And the way that it works is that it uh, it distributes vote tokens to eligible voters. And so there's no double counting. There's no whales suddenly coming out of nowhere, putting in like a thousand votes. And so we think it's a iteratively better system than what was here before. And yep. really crash. Yeah. Yeah. And the system works through something called, we're calling decaying voting. So basically membership um, as the, they lock and, and participate in governance, they will lose their voting power over time. So it'll require, so if you if people just lock and then don't participate, they actually become less and less potent in, in the governance. So really what we're, we're looking at here is, um, we work and talk a lot with uh, Jay Cardinal over at DowDow and kind of their strategies that they're doing, they're fully on chain as well. And what we're looking to do and what we've deployed with this is is basically a way that you can audit and see the votes in every single proposal on chain, not having to go through a website. You can actually look at any block explorer and see who's voting and where the votes are going. So I think that's something that's definitely new to uh, DeFi governance. Yep. And basically how that voting works is that with the governance token, which in this case is YFD, once uh, you have YFD, you can lock it, and locking it produces YFD points to your account, basically allocates it to your account. And those points are representative of your voting power. Uh, and the base style of it is that if you lock it for the maximum, which is two years, you get 2.5x on your lock multiplier. And the minimum, which is two weeks, you get like a negative multiplier, which is that you lock and receive less points than the tokens that you locked. And the idea is to give basically defending voters an advantage against uh, manipulators or like external actors who may just suddenly buy a supply of tokens and try to post them to the contract for a short period of time to take over a vote. It'll give the home advantage to the defending voters, essentially. Interesting. And then how does the process work for anyone who proposes to, uh, you know, seek funding or build ideas using the Y Foundry app? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, Siddharth. And basically on the platform, we do have a test version of the website up currently at the uh, at that dash test.yfoundry.io. Uh, we'll share the link, I think, in a tweet response later. But basically over there, you can take a look at how proposals are made, how you can lock YFD and uh, turn that into voting points. Uh, although some of the interface is still getting worked on. But what happens is basically a user who has YFD locks it up receives the governance points, and then using the governance points, you will have uh, enough points to basically create a proposal. And once you create a proposal, you fill in all the details that are required 
uh, and that proposal can go on chain. But in the meantime, you know, you're also discussing it in Discord, in the community, and there are people helping you to refine the details and the ideas, which are all the YFD DAO members. And then once that proposal goes on chain, it's basically ready for voting and also funding at the same time. And I think Ray can maybe go into more of the mechanisms that the voting and funding takes. Well, I think you covered it pretty well. Um, <laughs> basically, yeah, you, the way that the voting works uh, on a on a wider scale is essentially proposals that require funding have to be funded and voted on at the same time. So that essentially, you know, if a proposal passes voting but doesn't have enough funding, it doesn't actually pass. So you need to have the mecha the the proposals fully funded at the time of of voting. Um, and then those votes are, or then those funds are distributed to the um, the developers or the builders on the milestone schedule that's actually outlined in the proposal itself. So this is actually the the funds are escrowed fully in advance, um, completely uh, the full funding amount, and then they're just distributed through milestones and through voting by the members that funded the pro proposal. So. There's a lot of checks and balances in this. There's no blank checks being sent to teams or projects or proposals. Um, and the people who fund the proposal are in control of how the funds are distributed. Yeah, and just to give sort of a, a picture, I guess, like a walkthrough of how that would look like for the, for the user that's proposing a strategy. So say you're a user A and you, know, you have a strategy uh, maybe like accumulate XYZ token. And there's sort of like some market mechanics in there and some trading or maybe some loans and things like that. And then you package all of that into your document, uh, which we call the strategy prospectus. And then you take that and you put it up on the Discord. And you start to basically take ownership of that idea, start talking about it, start the discussion. And then you have people in the Discord who come and help you. Maybe they're data scientists, maybe they're qualitative, uh, sorry, quantitative finance specialists. And uh, basically everyone has a stake in YFD. So they want YFD's uh, projects to succeed. And that's why people will help each other out. And once the proposal is refined, you've got that full document with all the risks, all of the trading strategies, everything outlined, how to build it. And then basically you've also got a developer attached to that project and the developers come from the community as well. Uh, one important feature with Y Foundry is that you would have to whitelist developers before they can receive any kind of payment from any proposal. And that whitelisting process basically is a way for the community to get to know who's receiving the payment, who's making the code that's going to be on the vault itself. Uh, and that's a way basically to do our due diligence on developers. And also uh, without needing a core team to sort of do that whitelisting, you have the community perform that function. You've got more eyes on the table. You've got more people checking the work and making sure that they really are who they really, who they say they are. And once that process is completed, uh, you go on to the proposal stage, uh, the funding round starts, everyone can put in funds the proposal, they can vote yes, they can vote no, they vote no with veto. Uh, but if a proposal has enough funding to proceed and it has enough yes votes to proceed, it will go into the build stage. Now, uh, it's important to mention, oh, sorry, Ray, did you want to say something? Well, I just wanted to say that we're aligning incentives with this because the community is the group that whitelists the developers and the community is the group that funds the developers. So there's an incentive for the community to be vigilant on who they approve to be paid during proposals. 100%.
And basically, once that proposal has been funded, it has been voted on and has the majority of yes votes, it goes into build mode, where none of the funds, or unless there's an initial funding request that's specified in the proposal, uh, which none of the funds other than the initial funding will go to the developers. So that means that if you funded a total of, say, 100,000 uh, USDC for the proposal, only the initial funding amount, which is equal to the collateral put in by the proposer, goes to the developer first. And this is very important because we don't want the first payment to be something that includes the community's funds. Because uh, let's say that you have worst case scenario proposer who's working with a developer to kind of default the community, but you get together and say, oh, hey, let's create this proposal, get some money, and then basically get paid and then just uh, buzz off without creating anything real. And to prevent that from happening, we make it so that the first payment can only be equal to the amount put in by the proposer. So this protects the community, at least from the first milestone. And that means that for the developers, they have to deliver at least one more milestone before getting any additional payment from the proposal itself. And if the developers do, do not deliver, then there's a possibility that the rest of the payments will be stalled or even forfeited, which is to say going back to the funders' wallets themselves. And that's basically the sort of escrow and milestone and uh, accountability management that Y Foundry tools provide to the community. And I should add to that, this is all done on-chain with contracts, automated in the sense that it is done through community votes. There is no human being that needs to be like, messaged or send a woken up in the middle of the night to do this if the community is available they can initiate an emergency proposal and retract funds um, it's all automated in in the sense it's all done through smart contracts without any specific human needing to intervene a hundred percent and yeah just to reiterate that which is to say uh, at any time, if the community is not comfortable or if the community finds out some piece of information that reveals that, hey, this proposal is not sound, maybe the proposal is connected with the developer or the developers are not reliable or they defrauded another project, at any time, the proposal can pull the plug, uh, sorry, the community can pull the plug on the proposal and then all the funds will be returned not to some kind of community treasury, but directly claimable by each funder themselves. And this is important because there's, you know, we've seen exploits where basically some emergency function migrates user funds to an emergency fund, and then that emergency fund gets taken away. So we don't want the same kind of thing happening. Uh, this is exclusively where when the proposal gets canceled, only the people who put in the funds can take out their own funds. That's amazing. I think uh, in terms of the system you guys have built, it's it's tremendous uh, to you know empower the community in that way where they're also accountable and responsible for these things and with appropriate backstops in place to ensure that you know no malicious actors can exploit the system. I think this is uh, something that's very powerful and, and necessary um, in the space, uh, allowing you know vigilant actors in the community to take that power and and enforce it. So I, I think that's that's amazing. Um, shifting gears a bit, maybe uh, you know we can dive into the custom strategy vaults themselves a bit. If you could uh, tell us a bit about you know what are the different protocols and ecosystems that you guys have worked with uh, for these uh, you know strategy vaults and, and how they work. Sure. Well, uh, I guess everyone remembers the twenty percent yield <laughs> back when UST and Anchor were active. Uh, you know, too good to be true, probably. Uh, but you know, at the time. 
while it was still around. I think it was very fun to experiment with. And, uh, you know, the idea was, ex especially I think at the time, knowing that 20% uh, yields were atrociously unpredictable and definitely not sustainable. Uh, the way that I went about creating strategies was to test them with the lowest possible yield. And that went all the way down to say 6%, 8%, or even 4%. And uh, I tried to figure out basically how to put the moving pieces together in such a way that they still provided like uh, a decent yield or a positive yield, uh, regardless of what happens to the existing protocol. Uh, aside from a full system crash, which is what happened. But in the meantime, I think uh, if you take a look at the the, the articles that I linked in the original Comdex proposal, there's a few strategies there. There's uh, DGSF, which is DGN Stable Farm. It's a way of uh, basically tying a synthetic market uh, protocol with a lending market protocol and using that synthetic collateralization uh, and yeah, to basically collateralize a synthetic and then use that collateral, which is in the lending market to produce yield. Uh, and it is usually pretty risky to do this. It's essentially a form of leverage short, but uh, by using a stable, which goes up over time, thanks to the lending market mechanics and also utilizing a safe LTV, uh, conservative LTV essentially. And uh, in addition to that, we ran our own uh, simulations, uh, which uh, use historical data, I think over the last five or 10 years uh, from the stock market, and then use that to run back test our strategies and uh, find the right collateral ratio, which would provide uh, about 96 or above percent chance of non-liquidation. Uh, so we always like to look at the data and you know just want to emphasize as well, not financial advice and also uh, historical data does not predict the future, but it just gives you sort of a range of volatility in which the, the asset can travel. And knowing that range gives us a better chance of uh, setting the right collateral ratios for each asset. And that essentially is sort of what we're trying to bring to the Cosmos, to Comdex, is that using, you know, really, really solid data, as solid as we can get, and also using, like, uh, logic and reasoning and rationality and mathematics to try to figure out the best, uh, most conservative strategy that still provides the best return. Uh, and of course, you know, we want to emphasize as well, why Foundry is a community protocol. It's not run by us. And if you like, conservative strategies, that's good for you. You can create more of those. If you like risky strategies, that's also okay. It's totally up to you to propose and create those strategies. So we want to leave it up to the community to decide and design whatever strategy that you like. Yeah, I mean, I think the most exciting piece of this is democratizing access to developer talent, to the brain trust, to develop your own strategies, build you know a very specific, maybe hedging strategy, auto compounding strategy, but I think it's also just using some of the community tools. Um, so something we're exploring um, very early on is having uh, NFT branded vaults. So we, you could have a simple auto compounding strategy or a variation of that for a particular asset that that's uh, a particular community actually funds that and owns it. Or a, and maybe it's branded to an NFT project community. Maybe it's branded to an influencer and they can share that out as like, hey, auto compound with my strategy and then they get the fees as opposed to a, just a general protocol they get the majority of the fees um, from that or the community gets the majority of the fees so it's pretty exciting things especially when you think about the possibilities combined with something like a 
what DowDow's doing, Enterprise is doing to, you know, return some of those fees to an overall community treasury. I think you can mix and match a lot of these components and do some really interesting things and provide options for communities to get, you know, like it's another option to support a particular community or project. Um, if you believe in their mission, just, you know, just uh, use their vault and use that instead of another protocol vault. That's awesome. And I think what truly resonates, uh, you know, with me personally as well, uh, something that you guys mentioned a couple of times is, is the democratization of it. Like, uh, you know, in terms of our own kind of approach of how we built Comdex or, you know, our motivations to building Comdex the way they are, it's primarily from the fact that currently when, um, you know, the average mom and pop thinks about finance, it's heavily dependent on centralized opaque systems where, you know, you're kind of putting your money into something and, and you're just hoping for the best with what's going on there. Um, a lot of times, a lot of the more complex products that you want to access, you cannot access, you know, due to certain licensing requirements and whatnot. But the idea with what we've built as an infrastructure layer is just to have all of these primitives available to anyone who is capable of using them um, in, in whatever way they, they you know, prefer. So whether it's something like lending borrowing, whether it's something like leverage, um, not, not restricting any particular user to access any of these things is kind of the, the goal with what we have built as an infrastructure layer. And I think what you guys are building truly takes that one step further where you're allowing the community to participate in the process of you know, formulating their own strategies that utilize these infrastructure rails and then opening up the access of these strategies to everyone. And uh, the great part is that it's all governed by, by the community itself. So at, at all points, you know, the, the, the community is in charge of kind of acting vigilantly to ensure uh, no malicious actors are exploiting this system. So that, I think, is something that really you know, resonates with me as well from, from what you guys have built. And I think it's a tremendous story uh, for, for what you guys have built till now as well. Um, so, you know, speaking about the strategy vaults itself, uh, you know, you mentioned a few DGSF, Hedge Plus, uh, you know, Origami. Maybe you could tell us a bit more specifics about what these strategies are, you know, how they kind of work and, and you know, just, just about how uh, anyone can, I mean, what the benefit is for users to utilize these strategies as well. Yeah, sure. This is uh, supposedly my favorite topic since uh, it's how I got into the space uh, and how I got to where I am. <laughs> it's just talking strategies and writing medium articles about them. So yeah, I, I'd love to talk more. Um, well, uh, with DGSF, I think the idea was that you know with a stable coin and a synthetic market, there's a way to link them together so that uh, whatever excess demand uh, for the synthetic which results in a high premium price can be equalized slowly over time using the stablecoin market. Uh, and I find that uh, something that is uh, fundamental to DeFi ecosystems that you know, many people may miss out, which is that all of the products essentially work together to create stability and harmony. And we can't guarantee stability, but we can definitely make the boat rock less. Uh, now with a strategy like Hedge Plus, the emphasis changes from being an ecosystem serving strategy to one that serves the user. Um, but in a way, it also backstops the risk in an ecosystem. Uh, the way Hedge Plus works is that essentially by using a, a stablecoin loan and also a, some synthetic asset which you are long on, uh, creates a position that longs and shorts the same asset in a specific ratio. And what that creates in the end is basically an under leveraged position. So for example, if you guys are 
you know, true degens playing uh, futures, 100x futures, 10x, whatever leverage or margin trading on KuCoin, et cetera. Uh, we're doing the opposite. We're providing something like a 0.5 or a 0.8x leverage, something like that, or maybe even as low as say 0.25. And the idea is, uh, you know, thanks to DeFi mechanics, uh, a lot of people sort of get the, the, the hope of like, oh, I need to 10x my money today or in two weeks. Uh, but we kind of want to look at the opposite, which is that, you know, using the same tools, can we make a position that grows slowly but surely over time? Uh, and so I'm sure a lot of people may have heard of the Aesop fable, uh, the turtle and the hare. And we're trying to be creating the turtle basically for hedge plus. And what that does is that when the asset, long asset, for example, like synthetic BTC goes down maybe up to 90% uh, or even 100%, uh, we want you to retain like 93% of that asset value uh, in the stable. And, you know, that's, of course, like in theory, uh, and we haven't been able to deploy like the hedge plus vaults themselves, but I did test this uh, and also like with a few other people on Terra when Terra mainnet, when it was still live with Mirror and Anchor Protocol, and it actually was able to protect uh, most of the downside. And essentially that's yeah, hedge plus, which is downside protection strategy. Um, with origami, the idea is to be as capital efficient as possible. So using multiple asset protocols, you can layer them one upon the other and basically create a position which is super capital efficient and get the maximum yield for uh, whatever assets that you have on hand. Uh, and then finally, with Pug's uh, strategy or what I call the premium stabilization strategy, this is something that I think uh, as we see more usage on Comdex, uh, we will definitely need something like pugs, which is that you know when the demand uh, for making a the demand for a, a synthetic asset exceeds the supply, it creates a price asset premium for the synthetic asset where it trades at a price on the synthetic market above the real the real life market. And when that happens, basically you need to equalize the supply. Uh, but because there is a risk of liquidation whenever you do a short position with these assets, so there's always a, a short, a gap basically. And by filling that gap with the park strategy, which makes, uh, it uses excess collateralization of the asset due to the premium in order to collateralize itself. Therefore creating supply based on the excess price, if that makes sense. And it's, a, it's an equalizing market force. So what I like to do with strategies in summary is just basically equalize market forces. Uh, I would never call them Delta neutral. I don't believe in Delta neutral because if you bet 50 up and 50 down, you're making no money. You're just paying fees. <laughs> so I like to think that you need to take a position which is hedged on both sides, but it is not a Delta neutral position. Yeah, I think like what's exciting about Comdex is the potential to bring, like use these automation tools as well as the democratized access to you know, builders and to a community that can help refine your personal strategy. Um, I, Comdex is building all of those primitives where they existed before and there were a lot of exciting strategies and now they're just, it, it, the more primitives you have available like synthetic assets, like stable assets, um, like lending, then the more kind of complex strategies you can do and then automate and then provide access, not just democratize access to builder tools, but also access to people to have these strategies. Um, I followed Clean's articles. That's actually how I got in contact with him and involved in Y Foundry from the start. Did the crazy like hedging, you know, 
eight transactions, you know, looped sort of strategies, you know, just to try things out using mirror and synthetic assets and other things in your anchor. And, uh, you know, it took me a few times reading through it to know exactly what was going on. And then a lot more times to, you know, actually do it in practice. And this the concept of being able to, you know, look over, you know, that it's been, you know, you know exactly what's going on with the strategy and you can have a, you know, a strategist that you trust and you can just easily kind of place your, you know, your um, funds, your assets in there and have, you know, access to a lot of strategies that are really maybe, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's just outside of the skills of a particular person to be able to take advantage of some of the more complex strategies. So I'm very excited about that. And I think that's what appeals to me about Comdex over um, all of the Cosmos chains right now. And just to say one more thing, I know Clean is like, you guys have covered almost all of this. I'm really excited that we did before Terra collapsed, we did months and months and months of like analytics and research into the synthetics market. And we built analytics tools to, you know, implement these strategies on Terra. And we never got to deploy those on mainnet because of the collapse. So with the work that Comdex is doing, I'm excited that we're not going to have wasted months and months worth of development and contracts. And we hopefully will be able to de uh, deploy them on Comdex with the synthetics market. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much underway in terms of our, you know, broader roadmap in terms of all the different primitives that we're yet to develop. Um, all of which is kind of, you know, currently on the uh, in works under the hood, and and uh, very excited to be able to share those very soon. Uh, but it, it doesn't just stop at lending, borrowing, and and stablecoin and Dex for us. You know, there's a lot more DeFi utilities out there that uh, we want to have incorporated into the chain. And then, of course, built out into applications which can ultimately be utilized by, you know, folks like yourselves who, who are empowering uh, folks in the community to access strategies that utilize these different protocols and primitives. So the, the long term goal will obviously, uh, you know, revolve around trying to capture as much of the you know, primitives of DeFi that exist into the chain and then ultimately empower anyone who wants to build using them uh, so that there's a much smoother kind of, uh, you know, go to market towards uh, achieving that. Um, that's that's always been at the heart of uh, what we're doing, and then I think with with the work you guys are doing, it just seems like a very uh, you know complementary fit to to have uh, more and more of these uh, integrations as we go forward. Yeah, and just to add to that too, with what Y Foundry has built, you know, I think one of the advantages is we don't have to be the smartest people in the room. We just need to build tools that the smartest people in the room can use to get stuff on chain. Hundred percent. I think uh, said it better than uh, better than I could have. I, th I think that that's one of the more powerful things um, about the impact of uh, you know what you guys are building. So super excited. Um, you know, speaking about the strategies again, uh, could could you talk a bit about what measures are currently in place to you know prevent any kind of security risks or vulnerabilities in the strategies that get uh, you know deployed? Uh, I can talk a little bit, but I think Greg is pretty passionate oh, about this. To. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so one of the things we're doing similar to what Mars Protocol is doing with their rover program is that we have a minimum level of standards um, that need to be implemented into the vault contracts before they can be deployed through the Y Foundry platform. So every contract that gets deployed, we have a boilerplate template uh, for vaults that has um, fixed standard functionality to liquidate all of the assets in the vault uh, to return those assets back to the depositors, 
So basically what is required, we wanted part of the Y Foundry platform is to, to install these protections in anything that gets deployed. So when you build out a vault strategy, part of that contract development and that cost will be an unwind mechanism that needs to be implemented. So there's an emergency button that the community can activate themselves to call against the contract and liquidate the entire uh, entire amount of deposits in the contract back to a claims contract that then the depositors can withdraw. So if there happens to be an exploit in some other outside protocol and somebody in the community catches it, they can raise an emergency protocol or emergency vote to uh, reclaim all those funds. And then people, when they get to their accounts, can actually just claim them out of a secured contract. So those kinds of things are required um, and part of the smart contracts that are required to be deployed on, to deploy a strategy on Y Foundry. Awesome. And then if, uh, you know, for those who are listening, if they wanted to try out some of the strategies you guys spoke about today, um, what would be some of the places they could go to, you know, check them out and try them out themselves? Right now, uh, things are, yeah. do you want to answer that crash or do you want me to answer it? Yeah, go, go ahead, please. I was going to say right now, things are on testnet on Terra and testnet on Juno. Um, we should be deployed on mainnet. So Terra will be where they can test out these strategies. Uh, there's not a lot of options at this point. There's not a lot of primitives. So it's essentially auto-compounding vaults with uh, Astroport. Um, so LPs on Terra right now. Yeah, just to clarify, like uh, the strategies that we talked about, which includes like Hatchbus, Origami, Pugs, and DGSF, like these actually rely on having synthetics on board. So I think at the moment, we don't have like a live uh, mainnet synthetics yet. So uh, once that sort of protocol is out, then yeah, I feel free to refer to my old articles or, you know, tweet me anything. But the main the main thing is that, like, you know, keep bringing the discussion on board to the public, you know, talk about it in the open, you know, let's go to maybe like Y Foundry Discord, for example, uh, and we can all discuss that kind of thing. And of course, like as new protocols come alive uh, on Comdex and as well as other chains, I think there'll be more options for everybody. And I'd love to sort of see what people can dream up, what kind of questions people have as well. And I'd love to be a part of that discussion as a member. Yeah, I think Comdex is the perfect place to resurrect some of the more complex strategies that Clean was talking about. Um, now that we have access to those primitives or will at some point soon so for sure for sure and i'm very excited to be able to you know um, see this journey with you guys um of course as we continue building out um so now that we you know spoke about comdex itself uh you know could you guys talk about some of the strategies that you foresee uh that you know people could utilize with within the comdex ecosystem of products uh, and, you know, anything that you believe is something exciting as a use case uh, that can be built out in the coming future as well? Uh, I'd love to invite Crash to talk about any products that he's excited about and strategies. But I'll just put in a few that I've thought of uh, or I was like discuss, which is uh, I really like the idea of, say, strategies that help you to DCA into stuff. Uh, well, Cloud Finance is doing a great job of this at Kujira, and I think something similar can be done with Comdex. Uh, and, you know, I'd love to also see strategies that insure themselves or provide like ecosystem wide insurance uh, through a decentralized pool. And of course, like those things need to be built, uh, but they can be built and they can be designed and funded and basically run by the community. And yeah, aside from that, uh, Rash, what, what, do you, what are you excited for? Yeah, I, mean, I think continuing to work closely with the projects that are here and seeing what's available. I'm 
I know that I don't have any specifics on a strategy, but very interested in, you know, just one example out of many, but Project Syndicate and some of the bribes markets being able to do something creative with that um, once the tools are available um, and have some community owned variations of, you know, strategies based off of that. Um, and again, you know, like the the power of just like, I, I think those synthetic assets, the lending market and some stable assets, um, you know, that those, those, all of those primitives will just um, enable a lot of different potential strategies, hedging strategies, um, you know, some, I, at this point, you know, I'm pretty risk averse due to all of the, you know, pain and suffering that I've gone through, having gone through Terra and Celsius you know, kind of a one-two punch um, last year. But yeah, I, I think that there's still, uh, there's a lot of room to do some, you know, maybe some riskier strategies in addition to the DCA, you know, more safe strategies that Clean talked about, but it's all about a balance and making it very clear and having that a smaller piece and doing proper hedging. I That's what I'm excited about, you know, the automated hedging aspect of being able to do that um, with uncorrelated assets or, you know, lending, borrowing against correlated assets, even. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and even integrating some things with White Whale's arbitration and uh, arbing the market stuff and building out vaults to take advantage of that on a group scale. All right. And I'll add to that, which is uh, I think one of the strategies or types of strategies that I really love to see, uh, which I haven't seen so far, is uh, strategies that backstop systemic risk so uh, you know you have strategies like if everyone remembers dgen box i just thought it was such a dumb idea <laughs> to to inflate the the supply of of something that's supposed to be stable by 10x uh through a self-leveraging thing i just thought that introduced so much systemic risk i would love to see protocols and strategies that remove risk remove synthetic risk, uh, sorry, systemic risk or backstop it. And so like, I think one of the strategies that I love to see is, uh, you know, liquid staking, but with a liquidation backstop so that like whenever a leverage liquid, uh, liquid staking uh, LSD position uh, gets liquidated, it backstops itself from liquidating everything else. And that's something that I'd love to see in Comdex or in any other ecosystem is the LSDs with a safe leverage and a backstop mechanism that will prevent it from bringing the whole market down when it unwinds. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that's often spoken about as uh, liquid staking adoption grows and LSD adoption grows is um, often the risk backstops that users need to consider as well. Because when you kind of combine the concepts of leverage staking with, le uh, sorry, with liquid staking with leverage, um, it can become a slippery slope if you know users themselves aren't aware of what they're exactly getting into and what the kind of overall impact can be. So, would be amazing to see some tools built out that you know build this on behalf of the users so that they can you know safely uh, take exposure in such strategies, uh, knowing that uh, there's always backstops in place. I think that's something uh, very very useful that should be built out in the in the near future as well. Um, you know, speaking of uh, the broader kind of plans for Y Foundry DAO itself, uh, what are you guys, uh, you know, focusing on now in terms of uh, do you have plans to expand to support more protocols in the future? And, and you know, what are some of the more uh, recent, more near milestones that you guys are looking at in the coming future? Uh, Ray, you want to talk about chains and then I'll talk about DAO. 
you should like or crash can let's talk about dallas sure um we are building out we so my my new pitch is that basically i think what i would like to see is why foundry become the mcdonald's of community funding in the cosmos in that sense i mean basically you can go to any chain there will be a why foundry deployment on that chain and you will know what the experience is going to be like because the experience will be similar at, across all chains that Y Foundry is deployed on. One thing we're uniquely doing is that we are deploying um, a burn mechanism for tokens on every chain that gets deployed so that basically when you bring your Y Foundry tokens from Terra where they're initially minted, you will burn them on the chains like Comdex and you will get a unique governance token for Comdex. And the treasury for Y Foundry is unique to Comdex, and the token for governance is unique to Comdex. What we're looking for in this, and we're envisioning, is that each of these communities will grow and be unique and kind of diverse in their interests. Like I could see Comdex being more interested in synthetics and, and financial markets, and I could see our Stargaze deployment you know, being more interested in NFT projects. And they're just going to diverge, but you don't have this overarching governance trying to manage all these different interests. So we're really looking at, you know, hyper-localizing the governance and treasury aspects. So the treasury on, on Comdex for Y Foundry is owned by the community on Comdex for Y Foundry. There's no influence from an outside chain um, like Mars is doing where they're colonializing all of these other chains and extracting value back. So our vision, I guess, or my vision, and again, as a contributor to Y Foundry, is looking at basically having all of these unique uh, deployments um, that work together and share a code base, uh, but really have their own self-interest in mind chain by chain. Yeah, and I think it's just further stressing, like, you know, having that kind of unique nation state, you know, approach for supporting the community where you know, you you actually care about, you know, you can actually fully invest in what Y Foundry is doing for a particular community, but also have the benefit of that foundational code that goes across multiple chains. And I'm hoping that over time, you know, more chains, you know, as they get their Y Foundry implementation, you can even, it will open up access to other assets possibly on other chains and kind of help to bridge that or at least provide mechanisms that people can you know, suggest kind of building those bridges in a safe way that can be replicated over and over, um, which I think is the is the benefit of, you know, kind of how we're how we have the foundry and the vault factory, the smart contract that produces other smart contracts sort of approach. Yeah, so I think one thing just to add to that is so that like chains will know, like when you spend Comdex community funds to support Y Foundry on Comdex, that money is staying on Comdex. Like it's going into the development on Comdex. There isn't a, a centralized asset, you know, a chain that's holding those funds somewhere else. So we're doing that for each of the chains we're deploying on. And then really we wanna like, we've been working with the Comdex team, which has been great. And we really want to like have stewards in each of the communities kind of managing and, and taking care of their Y Foundry implementations. Uh, what would like I would like to say was uh, basically like expansion uh, in a different way, which is like in the inside inside of the ecosystem, like inside Comdex, for example. Uh, I envision sort of 
a place where all protocols can have an extension, like a website extension of Y Foundry to promote their own proposals, to promote the expansion of their own protocols, uh, but using a publicly accessible and open and transparent funding protocol. And the idea is, you know, rather than devs sort of creating new fancy new tokenomics and announcing some kind of burn or some kind of private sale or having to find VCs and market makers, they can just straight away raise funds directly from the community to build a thing that the community owns. I think that's the most powerful thing that, that Y Foundry can do for the community is that users don't have to buy a token. They don't have to do some kind of private sale shenanigans to just to build you know, a new part of the protocol or to build a new project. That's awesome. I think there's so much um, exciting uh, things to look forward to with what you guys are building. And, and truly, it's been amazing to you know get to know you guys' work, especially uh, you know the, the background of uh, everything that's happened in the past year with Terra and whatnot. I think it's an inspiring, uh, inspiring journey that you guys have been on, and it's uh, it's amazing to see the work you guys are doing. Uh, personally, I'm very excited for all of the integrations that we you know we're going to be doing with the Comdex chain and and with the apps that we have on chain. And of course, as we keep building out more and more utilities and primitives into the chain, there will be a lot more to work on together, which also is uh, something that I really look forward to. Um, so, you know, now I think uh, with everything that's been shared today, we're, we're pretty close to, you know, wrapping up today's space. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's a good learning experience for everyone who has been here. Uh, before we do, you know, jump to questions from the folks listening, um, is, is there any kind of final message or thoughts you want to share with the Comdex community? And also, if you could also share um, how anyone who's listening, if they wanted to get to know a bit more about Foundry and get involved with uh, Y Foundry, how they could do that, you know, any resources they should look at specifically. Yeah, get get a join our Discord, join the Discord for Y Foundry and get involved there in testing. Um, we're doing something that's similar that we've seen on uh, DowDow as well with DowDow governances. The only way to get Y Foundry tokens is to contribute to Y Foundry. So there's, we're really looking for a market where, you know, it's not based on speculation. It's based on people who actually have an interest in the utility for the platform. Awesome. Awesome. I think with that, we can, uh, you know, conclude the space for now. Thanks so much, Ray, uh, Clean and Crash for joining. Um, before we close the space, of course, we'll just uh, let this let it be open for a few minutes, allowing anyone who's listening to uh, you know ask any questions. Uh, so yeah, if you guys have any questions, just request to speak. We'll have you added up as speakers, or you know you could drop them as a tweet response under this, and then we'll get those addressed. Uh, but even outside of this space, if you guys have questions, uh, you know you can reach out to uh, the Y Foundry team. You could reach out to the Comdex team via Discord or Telegram, and then surely someone should be able to help you out. Um, I can see V is requested to speak with some questions, so I'm just going to add V as a speaker now. V, I tried adding you as a speaker, but it seems like um, you're back to listener. If you can try again. Yeah, you might need to update your Twitter. That got me in the as well. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, for, for V. While we wait for V, if anyone else who's here has any questions, please uh, you know request to speak. I'll have you added up here. Um, we'll also just wait for we in the meantime. I just wanted to shout out MB real quick. He's been following our spaces and been around. And also TFM, thanks for the shout outs. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, love to see the show of confidence. 
Hundred um, percent. I've been in touch with the TFM folks for some time. I think uh, you know what they're building is is also fantastic. There's a lot of uh, potential, uh, you know, synergies between what they're building and what's going on at Comdex, and hopefully we can get them uh, to join one of our uh, you know Twitter Spaces in the coming coming weeks. Um, I'll be in touch with you guys, and I would love to have you guys join us and speak as well. Uh, there's there's a lot to share with what you guys are building. Um, so yeah, I'll be reaching out about that for sure. Seems like V has uh, V is not able to uh, get through. No worries. We can always uh, you know reach out to us through through Telegram, and uh, you can reach out to the Y Foundry team on Discord, Discord as well. Um, I also see that there hasn't been any other questions in the meantime, so I think we can wrap up the space for today. Uh, once again, thank you so much for the Y Foundry team for joining us today and taking out the time. I think it was a fantastic conversation. Got to learn a lot from uh, from you guys about what you're building, and also got me very excited about uh, you know a lot of the things we'll be working on together as we uh, as we go forward. Um, of course, uh, you know there'll be more and more updates being shared about that as well, and hopefully we can have you guys join again in another spaces in the future as we're closer to sharing more updates with the community. Um, I would love to, you know, have another one of these chats and then uh, get some more community folks involved there as well. Uh, but with that being said, I think, uh, you know, thank you everyone who joined in and listened. Um, and we'll be back again next week, similar time, uh, same time, same day. And uh, we'll, we'll be joined by another team who's, uh, who's building in the space. But until then, uh, have a good one and, and take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Comdex Weekly Space, today featuring Y Foundry DAO. Recorded on Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third, I open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den. Vision in the middle, men listen to the fatal man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble babillion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble babillion. Little den envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty Then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedalitha metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the Birds do. Gotta find cover, wipe off 
the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle men listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces